Welcome to the Rise Podcast. I am Nuna Isi Ma. If you are new to the podcast, this is where we explore how to transform trauma into sovereign power, soulful purpose, and sacred pleasure, so that you can have the success and fulfillment in all your life circles and be the woman you are born to be. Hello and welcome to Rise. I am so delighted to have uh, this speaker with us today. Her name is Dr. Kisha Ewers and she's an integrative medicine expert, doctor of sexology, family practice ARNP, psychotherapist, herbalist, broad certified in functional medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and she's the founder and medical director of the Academy for Integrative Medicine Health Coach Certification Program. Dr. Kisha has been in the medicine field for over 30 years. After conducting the HURT study in 2013, which, is, which stands for Healing Unresolved Trauma, she developed the HURT, yeah, H-U-R-T, model for understanding how past childhood trauma impacts adult health. This led to the creation of the You Unbroken online program for patients to heal their own trauma and the Mystic Medicine Deep Immersion Healing Retreats she led at her home on San Juan Island in Washington. Dr. Kisha is a popular speaker, including at Harvard and from the TEDx stage and the best-selling author of Solving the Autoimmune Puzzle, The Woman's Guide to Reclaiming Emotional Freedom and Vibrant Health, The Quick and Easy Autoimmune Paella Cookbook, Anti-Inflammatory Recipes with Seven Ingredients or Less for Busy People, and your libido story, a workbook for women who want to find, fix, and free their sexual desire. You can listen to her Mystic Medicine radio show and find her programs at www.drkisha.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's such a great, great pleasure. You are such a holistic uh, practitioner, right? You, 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 your practice uh, includes the body, sexuality, um, all of it, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, you wrote books on, on, on quite a, a broad spectrum of uh, topics. And uh, I'm looking forward to dive into our topic today. I am too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's uh, start by um, uh, maybe yeah, expanding on what what we're gonna speak about: solving the autoimmune puzzle, right? Uh, a guide to reclaiming emotional freedom and vibrant health. So we all want emotional freedom and vibrant health, right? Um, <laughs> how do we get that? What's the What's the secret? 
Well, what causes us to not be emotionally free, I guess, is where we go with that, right? And that's going to be experiences we have. Our, our brains aren't fully developed until we're 26 years old. So this prefrontal cortex part of the brain, which is known as the, the executive function or the adult brain, isn't fully online until we're 26. So that means that the memories that we store and that we experience when we are small children and we're just little tiny humans trying to make it in a world governed by big humans and being told if we're doing it right or wrong, you know, we're going to have these experiences that we don't understand that are sometimes hurtful and we don't always have a well-attuned, grounded, well-attached caregiver in our back pocket 24-7 to help us navigate this world. And so we are inevitably going to have experiences that we make up meanings about from our undeveloped child brain that will be very self-centric. We're, we're very narcissistic when we're, before we're 26, right? We're supposed to be, where everything revolves around us because we're trying to survive. And so any of the things that happen to us, it's always going to be about us. And then if we have a, an emotion that comes with that, like it's a fearful experience or um, one that makes us angry or one that we feel shame or guilt about, then we're going to have that feeling in the body also, as well as the mind. And it creates a button that someone can come and begin pushing all the way through the rest of the life, <laughs> right? And we create a meaning and a belief about that experience that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not, you know, whatever it is. And, and then we continue to view the world through the lens of that belief and meaning from our child brain. And the beauty of that is that that's where our behaviors come from. We, we form adaptive, which become maladaptive, behavior responses to those meanings. So I usually will use an experience I had when I was a child and, and track it. This is part of the hurt model. Like when, when I was 10, uh, the vice principal of my elementary school uh, sexually abused me a few times. Mm. And so when I was sitting in my fifth grade classroom, when the intercom would go off and the secretary would make announcements or we'd say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag or whatever it was, the minute that intercom would go off, I would go into a terrified nervous system response because I wasn't sure if that was to call me to the office. And so every single time, like Pavlov's dog, I would go into that response and be terrified and go into a fight, flight, freeze. Children, mostly it's freeze because we're not, we don't have power, we don't have autonomy. So we go into freeze response, it freezes into our systems. And so I made up a meaning about that experience that said, oh, I'm not safe, which was accurate for that time. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I made up a belief that uh, because the vice principal is telling me this is my fault because I'm white trash. I was in a, I was one of two white girls in an all black school. And then, then it must be that you know, there's nothing I could do anything about. And so it must be that something's wrong with me. So I have to be perfect to even survive. So then my adaptive behavior was to be a perfectionist, which of course in adulthood is a maladaptive behavior, right? <laughs> it's something that 
I learned to just drive myself to always feel any kind of worth in the world and safety. So it's like, I have to be perfect to even survive was my, right, was the meaning and belief and behavior that was created from that experience. So this is how we become trapped inside of our own minds. We don't have emotional freedom when we have these meanings and beliefs and behaviors. And we certainly don't have happiness if we base our happiness on something that has to happen outside of us. People have to approve of us or we have to have enough money or we have to weigh the right weight or we have to whatever it is, right? Have the right degree. And so then it's like we have our worth meter on the outside instead of on the inside where it belongs. And it's always at the whim of whatever circumstances in the world, you know, and then we'll, our happiness will wane based on that because we're not emotionally free. We're caged by our own thoughts. I love what you just explained. It's so accurate and it's valid for each and every one of us. We have our own uh, private experience of how we translate the narrative that happens, right? And we create a whole um, way of behaving, which is actually really to protect ourselves. I mean, we, this is the, the, the fuel behind it, but nevertheless, it's very limited because it's in that narrative. And um, and we get stuck with it. And I think that on top of that, we also as children haven't been really supported in, in a healthy way to process our emotions, right? Uh, we've been, um, most of us, I would almost dare to say all of us, uh, but certainly most of us have been um, given the the you know, a certain feedback. So certain emotions were classified as good, where others were classified as bad. And so we couldn't even properly, um, you know, process those emotions through our body in a healthy way. So that's another um, added complexity, right? So then they get stuck. They haven't even been processed well. Well, in Ayurvedic medicine, which is the sister science of yoga that comes from India's 10,000 year old, you know, framework of medicine actually says autoimmune disease and cancer are undigested emotions, particularly anger. So when I turned 30, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune disease. And, you know, I, I it was sort of like what my patients tell me overnight uh, when for 10 years in my 20s, I'd been running marathons and driving myself as a perfectionist. I had four children. I was trying to be super mother, super wife, super everything in order to even feel like I deserved air to breathe. Mm -hmm. And then I got sick and it was overnight in my own experience, but that's not how it really worked. But in my experience, one morning I woke up and it was like someone had taken the batteries out or unplugged me from the wall. I was flattened. I had gained 10 pounds on my joints of just like puffiness. And I was red, inflamed and exhausted. Went in to see a doctor. She asked if I had a family history of autoimmune disease. And I said, you know, I think my grandfather who's now dead at that time had rheumatoid arthritis. And she said, well, that's what you have too. And, and she said, here are two prescriptions. One's for methotrexate, one's for a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. Come back when you're 
worse, not if, but when, you know, and, and we'll change your meds. And I remember thinking, well, hang on just a second. Like I cook my own food. I run, I'm very disciplined. I'll, you know, I'll do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. No, no, this is genetic. It was like, close the book, put it on the shelf. There's nothing else to say. And I remember driving home from that doctor's appointment thinking, obviously my framework of medicine has nothing to offer here. There must be something else. And I had never studied anything natural before that. And, you know, went on to PubMed and, and looked for the research on what else could I do for my RA and found an article on yoga and autoimmunity. And so I went to my very first yoga class the very next day and the yoga teacher said this one word, Ayurveda, and said just enough about it as he was going through, you know, every the classroom. And I remember thinking, that sounds interesting and going home, looking it up and finding out, oh, undigested anger. What do you mean by that? Like, I had not even considered this idea that you have to digest your feelings and your emotions and your memories and your experiences. And, and I thought, huh. And so I decided to become a yoga teacher because I was a perfectionist and <laughs> learned how to meditate. And one day in meditation, this word autoimmune was dancing in front of my third eye space. And I was trying to get rid of it because in early meditation, you know, you, you think you, you can't have any thoughts. And so it was dancing around and I remember thinking, well, maybe I should pay attention to that. And I, and I started looking at this word autoimmune and I thought, oh, this means I am attacking myself. This means I'm committing suicide in a societally acceptable manner. I don't really wanna die. So when's the first time I wanted to die? And so then I started tracing my little breadcrumb trail backwards and found this 10 year old little girl version. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I thought, Oh, you wanted to die. You wanted off this planet. It's when she began to speak to angels and know about spirit and to really, you know, like that I had tried to tell my mother and my dad was out to sea in the military. I, I had tried to tell some teachers, nobody could hear what I was trying to say. So I was turning toward the divine. And I remember seeing her saying, oh, she actually was saying, I want to go home. I want off the planet. And, and I thought this must be connected. This, this disease process I have right now. And this experience, like I told my cells I'm finished and they said, okay. And we know from scientific literature now, that it can take anywhere from 10 to 20 to 30 years to develop a full-blown autoimmune disease. So it was like 20 years later, like I had a turkey timer in me, ping, you're done, you know? And at that point, I did not want to die. And so I had to go in and I had to learn to find where I had set that up for myself, do some trauma healing, and my RA was gone in six months and it's never been back. And I never had to take those medications, you know? I mean, it's so powerful what locks inside the body, what we store inside of there. Absolutely. I mean, there are endless stories about, yes. you know, when, when people 
have the news of, of any form of disease or, um, or even an accident and they do what you did, which is so wise, you know, follow the breadcrumbs, as you said, and, and really track it back to, to see the full picture, right? The, the entire spectrum of what have led there and actually going on that journey of um, healing yourself. And in that process, not, on, not only that you heal yourself, but you gain so much knowledge, so much expansion, so much wisdom. You wrote books and then you shared it with the world. What a hero journey. It is exactly what he mapped out, the hero's journey. And you know, at the end of that, when you come back, the oracle at the end, you know, the hero's journey, which, by the way, happens over and over and over again. I have a lot of patients that get very pissed off when they heal their cancer. And then <laughs> and then another big challenge comes along. What? You know, I'm like, well, no, it's not just one hero's journey. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it, at that point in time, you can look back. I did and said, wow, like, I know this sounds so weird, but sexual abuse and autoimmune disease are best things that happen for my journey on this planet in terms of my own growth and development. And so, you know, that you never say that in the front end. You never want to hop there immediately. You cannot. It's a process. Mm -hmm. At the end, when it becomes this unity of consciousness, it's an understanding that, oh, oh, that too is an answer to a prayer. Hmm. That too is the blessing. It is not a punishment. It's not a curse. It's not, right? It's, it is the blessing. And, and I'm not alone in any of my challenges because of that. I'm always supported. And so that, that is the beauty that comes forth is that, oh, you know, I'm handed this challenge because at some point I said that I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, you, you just said something that I've been saying over and over again. And for some people, as you mentioned, it might sound like, woo, uh, this is taking it too far. But really, if I'm looking back at my life and I've been through a lot of trauma, would I change anything? No, because that brought me to be who I am today, to do the kind of work I'm doing today, to be the kind of mother I am, to all of that, yeah, the, the entire package. And um, yeah, that was, you know, a series of initiations that only the hero can recognize, right? I mean, if you fall into the victim um, mentality and, and you take it as, you know, life treats you badly, then then you're a victim, then then, you know, from here... Uh, no growth can happen. But if you take that hero or multiple hero, <laughs> real hero journey, then you understand that every challenge is an opportunity to cultivate that wisdom, to, to cultivate those keys, right? If you will, that will open the doors of your own greatness along this journey of life. And, um, and when you see that, then you, you take those blessings as blessings in disguise, but nevertheless blessings, right? To be clear, you are a victim when you go through something like that. Let us not say that that little child part of you that goes through one of those traumas is not victimized. They are victimized. Mm -hmm. and, it, and that child deserves to be held and told that that is not fair what happened to her or him and that 
they did not deserve that. And that, you know, all of those, those moments are necessary for healing that rupture for that child part. And then when that child part is healed and integrated into the whole, then the wise woman can actually beckon to the child and say, and this is what you become, right? This is who you are. And so it's important. Sometimes I get a little anxious when people um, say, don't be a victim. But what you're saying is don't be locked into the Mm. victim role, which is very important. You know, it's important to acknowledge your victimization Mm. and to acknowledge you have also victimized others in this life. And that's another very important part of this is Mm -hmm. we are also the perpetrators. And so often we don't even know, we don't even know that we have victimized somebody, you know, we just go along in our lives and we don't realize who we're hurting because we're paying so much attention to who's hurting us. Mm -hmm. And so it's important that we realize we are all of it. We are the perpetrator. We are the victim. And that as soon as we can rise into a different sphere where we don't see victim and perpetrator, we see, oh, challenge, opportunity to repair a rupture, more skills, right? Forgiveness and compassion and curiosity. Then we start moving outside of those roles, which is so I'm so glad that you brought those up. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that for sure. Um, you know, whenever trauma happens to us, it's not our fault, and um, and it's it's painful. And uh, you know, we 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 definitely are victims in that moment. But the journey is really to to embark on the hero journey and come out of that and take that responsibility and responsibility yes. for healing. And um, and yeah, and I love how you say that you know, in every perpetrator, there is a victim, and vice versa, because you know, as as human whole, we have all the qualities and all the tendencies. Um, you know, we can find it in different relationships. Uh, you know, highlighting different sides of ourselves. And if we really dig in, we can find uh, all of it. Right. Well, it's interesting. I was just having this came into my mind just now. I was having a conversation with my husband this morning, and he said. Um, the barbecue isn't working and I'm going to get a new one. And I said, well, let's look and see, like, let's see how, is it possible to fix it? And, and we got in a little bit of an argument about it because he said, no, it's only $200 to just buy another one. I said, but the land does not want our barbecue, you know, like this, this is, this is not okay. And I started realizing as you were speaking that often we lose sight of, we are, perpetrators on the planet, uh, you know, like we are victimizing so many sentient beings on this planet and we are just awful abusers <laughs> causing so much trauma, you know? And, and when I presented it that way to him, he said, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. You know, and okay, I'll look into it. Let's see what we can do to fix it. And it's, we live in such a throwaway culture now with instant gratification, everything is so easy just to go buy something. We don't think about the role we're playing in victimizing the whales in the ocean and the, you know, like it, it's, it just goes on and on endlessly about how we are abusers of the home we live in, you know? And I, and I think about that and think, gosh, but people are running around holding on to victim stories of their own trauma and they're not looking wider 
right? Yeah, unfortunately, this is very right. Uh, we, we are, are not disease on this planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are the disease. <laughs> and we are the disease. We are actually the cancer on this planet. Without us, the planet is thriving and, and everything is in harmony. And, you know, it's unfortunately wounded human beings that um, motivated by ignorance, by greed, by power, by ego, money, all that that um, that harm um, you know our own uh, existence, our own her uh, earth, and yeah, that is very. Um, I was like when I was talking to my husband. He's not motivated by any of those things. He's deeply spiritual, amazing meditation teacher. He's so incredible, and yet this laziness, right? This one moment of just I don't want to have to deal with it just those those places where we're not thoughtful and conscious right right and i mean i'm guilty as well you know i mean i i at least have that consciousness that when i do something and i feel that you know a little bit of guilt you know i always say that guilt is the compass that i'm out of alignment with myself right um you know haven't separated the trash well or uh, whatever i use plastic or use you know whatever the case may be and i'm feeling that oh that doesn't doesn't align with who I know I want to be and and what I stand for um and then yeah course correct again and again and again right 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 yeah guilt is a signal that we get an opportunity to clean things up yeah yeah I always say take the message of the guilt and don't hollow in it right don't invite it as a resident yeah i say that too (laughs) don't wallow in it then it becomes shame and then exactly yeah yeah exactly (laughs) but nevertheless it is uh, a pointer that say hey this is not feeling good because it's not in alignment so yeah our emotions are amazing um feedback mechanism to to really see where we are right right so, so how does one uh, get to that place of emotional freedom? Well, the opportunity is there, like on the hurt model in my book, Solving the Autoimmune Puzzle, I have the hurt model that you talked about in my bio. And it talks about this first part that at the top that we just spoke about. First, you have a hurt, it's lodged inside the feeling space of your body. your nervous system then goes into a pattern of fight, flight, freeze, or faint. So then it's locked in. And then you create a meaning, a belief, and a behavior pattern to match it. It's why we can't just say, oh, I'm going to stop eating sugar without tracking first. Oh, what's the belief I have that creates the behavior that I'm using sugar to self-soothe? So you have to first go through that tracking process. I call this tracking your hurt. And so then you have an opportunity in a dull head when your brain is fully developed um, where the hurt model bifurcates. And over here, there's where you keep doing the same thing. Automatic negative thoughts, judgment, rumination, looping on that victim story. Um, And that, that one leads to disease because you cannot keep being a zebra being chased by a lion and thinking you're going to die, you know, in perpetuity, that we're not designed to be able to to handle that, that cortisol will break down your gut wall, you'll wind up having hormonal imbalances, your immune system will go off track, it'll begin to attack you. 
and so that side of the hurt model involves an unwillingness to self-confront, to actually look and see where you're culpable in your own health, right? Your, where your responsibility needs to start. And the other side of the hurt model goes into the looping that's an adaptive memory processing where you are willing to self-confront. You're willing to say, oh, this behavior that I have, this belief system that I've been running on in the background, it's not serving me. So now I can go back and I can change that. I can heal that little kid part of me. I can find out how old do I feel when I have this feeling that I have to be, we'll use mine, perfect. You know, we have many of these loops. You know, that one was just one that I took you through because it's big, it's easy to track, but I have a million of them. So, <laughs> right, go through and you just find a behavior that's not serving you and then reverse engineer it. Say, oh, what's the meaning that goes with that behavior, this belief that I have? Oh, men aren't safe or people in authority aren't safe or um, my, my looks are what get me what I need. Well, that's going to, you know, your looks are going to change. So, you know, what is it that you have that you're holding on to as permanent that you can go back in and you can say, who made that meaning up? I always tell people like, keep a little picture of your little self where you can see it, right? And she's the one that made a lot of these meanings up. And so then you can go back and you can connect to her and, and help with that healthy attachment. A secure attachment has to happen inside of you, not with other people, but with yourself. And so, you know, really attach to her and say, oh, that feels really, really bad when that happens, doesn't it, sweetie? But you know what? I've got you now. I'm with you 24/7. Nobody's going to hurt you. You know, and and so then you redo the meaning and the belief. It isn't true that you have to be perfect. In fact, I love you especially when you're when you're messing up the way that you think about messing up because you're learning. Mm. You know, and and so you're redoing the messaging that your little child self had. Um, that isn't serving her in adulthood or him. So that, uh, that may require, I always say, you know, if you can't, I have a bunch of worksheets in solving the autoimmune puzzle. I have a program I call healing trauma through the chakra system. And I always say in, in all of the programs that I have, if you can't do this part, then it may mean that you need to borrow a brain, like a really good therapist who's good at this and can help you with pattern tracking and track with you and then help you undo some of this and help you rewire your brain. And so, you know, sometimes we need the help of somebody that is trained to do this, right? Um, and then you just keep keep working these, these old loops until you've gotten them loosened up and dissolved and starting to put them into more of a, oh, all of this is for me, not being done to me. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, you know, the essence of the book that I wrote, Rise, also going through the chakra system, but the essence, if I really like, take the, the, the most, uh, um, you know, um, the, yeah, the essence of it and dissect it. Uh, I'm talking about the Holy Trinity within, and that's the, the inner uh, feminine, the inner masculine and the inner child. And we always have that uh, happening within us, no matter how old we are. 
and um, it's always this dynamic of the relationship that plays out, right? Um, and of course, we we most influenced by our primal uh, uh, caregivers, and you know, it's the mother, the father, and um, and that plays in our inner dynamics. And it's really the work, as I see it, really is activating that inner mother, that healthy inner mother, and healthy inner father. Uh, to collaborate and cooperate, right, yeah, rather than collide and fight, which happens a lot on the inside and on the outside, to raise, to reparent that inner child in a healthy exactly. way. And this is really the work, right? Um, it really is. And nobody can do that for you. I know sometimes I'll have female patients who are um, busy caregiving everybody else and they put themselves on the very bottom of their to-do list and they get really mad when I say you have to do this for yourself because they're like I do everything for everyone I want someone to do something you know and I say yes exactly that's the belief system you created a long time ago is if I care for you you will somehow turn around and see me read me and care for me and you're getting angry and resentful as you go through life that people can't do that for you. You have to do that for you, you know, and they get so mad about that, you know, and, and then finally cry about the grief of the fact that, oh, the person like your spouse who you're expecting to read you all the time perfectly also wants the same thing. And so when each of you are doing it for yourselves, then when you turn to each other and you successfully read each other, it's like, ice cream <laughs> it's dessert it's not <laughs> it's not expected right it's actually something that you can appreciate and say oh wow that was amazing right so we have to do that for ourselves we're the only ones that know the exact right words the exact right tone the, you know the the exact timing of what we need to hear so yeah, it's an inward journey and nobody can do it for us. It's simply as that. And, and when we expect uh, the other to fulfill, you know, an empty part or, um, you know, then, then that's codependency. That's exactly what happens, exactly. right? So codependent. it's codependence. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are in codependent relationships because of unhealed uh, childhood trauma. And um, really the way to come out of it is to... To, to create, to come back to the wholeness, right? The wholeness is always right. there. We never lose it. Uh, right. But we, we um, defragment ourselves. We, um, yeah, we have to collect ourselves back home, embodied. And when we healed and, and in harmony inside of us, then we are able to share a beautiful relationship with another that is also whole, and, and, and then that's the, the beautiful dance of intimate, healthy relationship, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we are heading towards a conclusion. It was really, really beautiful speaking to you. And um, I just want to ask you for a last takeaway, um, something that comes up uh, to you to, to leave our audience with. Yeah, I, I'll usually say in response to that question, just for 24 hours, really watch your inner dialogue and how you speak. And notice that if you speak kindly to everybody,
everybody else. And then you have an, a very harsh inner dialogue and learn how to, to realize that this, this little one is listening to that, right? And you want to actually treat this little one with as at least as much love as you do to all the loved ones in your life. And so making sure that you're tracking your own language and just watch that and see what happens. It's very illuminating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The inner dialogue is absolutely uh, crucial. You know, I always say, um, if you would speak to your best friend the way you speak to yourself, would she still be your best friend? Right. And Right? And if the answer is no, you've got some work to do to unwire that because oftentimes it's not even your own voice, right? It might be the voice of your mother, father, teachers, or that self-loathing loop that you are at and uh, only you can rewire that and it's so worth it right very much so yes yeah thank you so much for all your wisdom and all the beautiful work that you're doing in the world and um, yeah if people want to contact you work with you what's the best way uh, my website is drkeisha.com d-r-k-e-e-s-h-a.com Great. So we'll have links here and uh, yeah, follow, follow Dr. Kish's work. She's got so much more to offer uh, than what we could uh, possibly squeeze in this hour. And um, thank you so much and blessing on your journey. Really, really appreciate your... Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Ciao.